here's a weird question. How many people do you think you might be able to record at once? It's at least four. What did you have in mind? Well, I was thinking maybe it might be fun for like the just the last chapter of First Nephi to get like as many of our guests that we've had on so far together and have like a, you know, everybody in doing a reading thing. Ah, uh, that is an excellent idea, Paul. I would never have thought of that. <laughs> I don't want to make it too difficult for you, but yeah, I thought it could be good to have sort of all of us read together and kind of have like a session with it. So Yeah, as long as it's not Zoom and we're using the right platform, I think it'll be a much more relaxing experience for editing. All right. Well, we'll put it out there. And This platform definitely does four and now in beta at the moment is five and more. Brent, Sarah, Robin, Rosie, Marks, that's five of them and the two of us, so that'll be seven. Do you reckon you could handle that or? Oh, yeah, I can handle it. Yeah? Okay. I mean, we've still got three or four chapters left, but I thought that could be a good way to kind of wrap up First Nephi is have all of us do like a seminary-style scripture read together. Just read and comment and make each other laugh. You're full of good ideas, Paul. I have good ideas every so often, Patience. <laughs> Hello, brothers and sisters across the globe, and welcome, as always, to Book of Boredom with myself, Brother Paul, and my one and only, let's just call her my heavenly mother, the one that we never talk about, God's wife herself, the number one concubine in the internal harem, oh. Sister Patience. Hey, Brother Paul. How are you doing, sister? I'm doing really well. Uh, yeah. Excellent, excellent. How about yourself? I'm not too shabby. I've had a productive week. That's good. Enjoying being unemployed, but not enjoying not having the uh, cash coming in <laughs> that I enjoy when I am employed. Yeah. So I got to do something about that. That's but a the problem. lifestyle is good. The yeah. unemployed <laughs> lifestyle is brilliant. The cash flow, not so much. Yeah, I can imagine that. I was actually picturing this week that you were probably quite busy with everything, trying to find work. Hopefully, tomorrow I'll have some news to share. But. Okay. Let's see how we go. It's nice to feel wanted. I've, I've had a few businesses say they would like my services. Well, good luck with all of that. Kind of like the dating game, you know, you have oh. that first date or that first interview where you have to act like you're confident even though you're shitting yourself. <laughs> sort of put forward, you know, why you would be a good fit for this relationship, what you bring to the table, and then you kind of sit by and, and hope that the nude photo sent to you later on down the track or the job offer, <laughs> depending on the scenario. Yes, hopefully you'll get the job equivalent of the nude photo. So in the dating game, you get the nudie photo. In the job game, you get the employment offer. Which in turn gives you enough money to afford the telephone subscription to pay to receive the new photo in your inbox. Exactly. And if, and if all else fails, I can always do this podcast from a nice warm cardboard box <laughs> with a couple of pillows. We'll, we'll be all fine. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we've got a special Book of Boredom. We've loved having guests on for the last few weeks, but we're hitting a section of the Book of Mormon at the end of First Nephi, which Joseph Smith really pulls out the big guns, really trying his darndest to uh, give us some narrative and some story and some, some meat and potatoes to, to this uh, stew that he does call the Book of Mormon. The next four or five chapters are not only significant in the context of the book and what it wants us to believe, but they're also, each chapter is fucking long. It's all 30 verses plus. 
it's all incredibly boring. And so we thought rather than make patients go through the pain of editing a three-hour interview with a 40-verse chapter read at the end, that we would do this just the two of us and see how we go. Because I want to make your life easier, patients. Let's face it. I don't want to cause you too much stress doing this. Uh, oh, I'm just happy you want to do this with me, Paul. Even when I get stressed and annoyed, I want you to know I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. I'm feeling the love right now. I really am. I'm feeling that burning yeah. in my bosom. Feel the love. Yeah. <laughs> However, having said that, this would be a very good time to mention our Patreon. (laughs) Yes. This would be a lot less stressful for patients if she were to be paid to do this full time. So we had a few new Patreon subscribers this week, didn't we? So thank you to Patreon subscribers. We do love your money. Yeah. And for anybody else listening, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe Just $3 a month and you can help patients to not be as stressed as she does this. So let's make this a full-time job for patients. Yeah, it'd be great. An official Book of Boredom podcast editor-in-chief. I'd like that. Ordinary at $3 a month, what, about 40,000 subscribers? That might do the trick. Oh, I'm sure it'd probably kick in well before then. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, well, patience works for a bit less than I anticipated, so there you go. We don't need as many. We just need you on board. So everyone, patreon.com slash book of boredom. Join our Patreon and spread the holy word. We're not greedy. We don't want a $25 million Joel Olstein-style mansion. We just want to be able to bring this funny little podcast to you every week and fund my rehab for alcohol abuse. <laughs> but anyway, I said we got some juicy chapters coming up. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. So let's do this seminary style, okay? So when we're in seminary, everybody in the class kind of read like five verses each. Okay. And we will just throw in any comments or questions we have as we go. Okay. Chapter 14. Do you want to start with the first five or should I start? Yeah, I'm happy to start. Okay. And it shall come to pass. Oh, that's different right there. Oh, he sounded a shout. All bets are off. He got bored of himself and he chucked a word in. Well done. He's, he's predicting the future with his came to passes now. That's right. That if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God, that's right, the roasted Lamb of God. The roasted Lamb. In that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word, and also in power, in very deed, unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. Oh, that's a new phrase. There's a new stumbling blocks yet. Yeah, I don't think he's spoken about that. Yeah, okay. He's already starting to do that prophetic talkiness thing, though, isn't he, where he's just saying random shit. Yep, yep. Trying to predict the future while writing in the past tense. An easy one, that one. And harden not their hearts against the roasted Lamb of God, that they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Semicolon. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. Good for them. Semicolon. And they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. Semicolon. Oh, God, he loves these long sentences. Mm. They shall be no more brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. Hurrah! (laughs) And that great pit, which has been digged for them by that great and abominable church. Back to the Catholics. Which was founded by the devil and his children. What, the devil has children? Apparently. 
<sighs> he's down there in hell for a lot. I mean, what else does he have to do other than fuck? Exactly. They must be some right little monsters. <laughs> Although, I mean, apparently every soul ever made was God's children, so, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Adopted children, perhaps. Yes. They were abandoned by their father, and, oh. and Satan took them under his wing and, and gave them a home and loves them as his own. <laughs> under his taloned wing. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it. Okay, is digged a word? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, the, the past tense of dig is dug, not digged. Oh, and welcome to English 101 at the Book of Boredom podcast. With Joseph Smith. <laughs> if you were... You know, in grade one or two, writing a story about, you know, a dog, say, for example, a dog that dug a hole and you said digged, your teacher would foul you and say, no, the correct term is dug. Yeah. But because this is prophetic, Joe. Oh, it must be perfect. If he can create his own language called Reformed Egyptian, why not redefine English? Exactly. Mm. The prophet is always right, as we've learned. Oh, yes, yes. If he says digged is a word, then digged is a word. We won't use it in any other context. We won't mention it again. But it's a real word, people. Use digged in your next conversation about digging. I dig it, Paul. I dig it. You dig it, baby. All right. More than that, I digged it. You digged it. <laughs> I digged it, sister. Unto their utter destruction, saith the roasted Lamb of God. Not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. It's so funny that he's talking about hell in such descriptive ways because even the Bible doesn't talk about hell that descriptively. Hell hath no end. This book has no end, just like hell. <laughs> For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil and also according to the justice of God upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. Yeah, as they do. Everything with Joseph Smith is always unto or according or I don't think he even knows what he's saying. It's just a, an alphabet sandwich. Let's just throw some words in and see what comes out at the end of it. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth must not perish. Okay, so hang on. At this stage, we know we are reading the book of Nephi. We know it is him talking or chiseling away. Uh -huh. Does he really need to remind us that the angel spake unto me, Nephi? Does he really need to remind us who it is that's talking? We fucking know! <laughs> he just wanted to chisel a little bit more into his gold plates. This is a man who really loves to tell everyone his own name. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, Nephi. He loves it. I am Nephi. You know, you can imagine him ordering dinner, you know, at a restaurant. And I, Nephi, <laughs> will have the roasted lamb of God <laughs> because I, Nephi, will also enjoy a beverage of wine, and I, Nephi, will not be paying the bill. That's right. Mm. God's picking up my bill. He That's right. paid for my bill when he died on the cross. That is it. He, he, he's one of those guys that you just know when, if you went out to dinner with him, he's just going to talk about himself all night, <laughs> and when everybody else is ready to leave, he's going to order the three-course dessert. 
Uh, it sounds like you're talking about a date that you've been on and experienced that. Come on, we, we all have that. We all know that person who <laughs> likes to talk about themselves and then doesn't read the room and when everyone else is ready to leave, is like, actually, you know what? I want to do that thing that's going to keep us here for a bit longer. Do you have a particular date in mind where this has happened where you wanted to get out of it but she didn't quite, you know, pick up that you weren't as into her as she was with you? Uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably... <laughs> Probably happened in reverse a few times as well, but uh, yeah. <laughs> social settings, social settings. Verse six. Therefore, woe be unto the Gentiles, <laughs> if it so be that they harden their hearts against the lamb roast of God. For the time cometh, saith the roast lamb of God. We're going to like add roast every time it says lamb here. Yeah, yeah. Add whatever you like. Something's got to make this thing taste good. Yeah, or cutlets. For the time comes saying the lamb cutlet of God, that I will work a great and marvellous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing of them unto the peace and life eternal or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction, both temporarily and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil, of which I have spoken, and what the fuck did I just read? What was that? That definitely comes across as he's hedging his bets either way. He's saying that either this thing is going to happen or either this other thing is going to happen. But either way, God planned it. He was talking and he was making English words, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah. They're either going to do this or they're either going to do that or they're either going to do this or they're either going to do that, but either way, God did it. I also love that he's just totally given up on the idea of there being more than one sentence in a verse. And it came to pass. When the angel had spoken these words, he said unto me, Rememberest thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? I said unto him, Yay. It wasn't, yes, it was, Yay. yay. <laughs> and it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and behold the great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. Oh, spawn of Satan. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. Only two? Yeah. Last I checked, there was thousands of Christian denominations alone. But anyway, the one that is the church of the lamb chop of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God, belongeth to the church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of the earth. Really sticking it to those other churches there. They're the whore of the earth. Last week we had Mother Gentile. Shut your Mother Gentile mouth. <laughs> now we've got whore of all the earth. Whore of all the earth. <laughs> This was the whole sort of Mormon us for the same thing. They're basically saying all of the other churches combined are the evil church and we are the good church. Everybody else is of the devil. And you know what he says is true because he's writing it down. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, your turn to read. Verse 11. All right. And guess what it starts with? And it came to pass. <laughs> and I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth and she sat upon many waters. Oh, it's she? Of course, then anything evil has to be a woman. Of course. I wonder if Satan's a woman. I will have to find out. Oh, 
Let's make a note of that. We'll ask. Yeah, I'm picturing the cover art for this episode now, a sexy Satan. Mm. Not that everything female has to be sexy, but you know what? I like it when it is. Anyway. If you are going to have the evil one be a woman, why not make it a sexy woman? That's what's going to tempt us to hell. Why not be sexy? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right. Oh. I will follow sexy Satan wherever she wants to take me. She sat upon many waters and she had dominion over all the earth, among all nations, kindreds, tongues and people. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Yes, uh, he's already said that. Why does she sit on the waters? It's probably a cruise ship, a church on a cruise ship. I'm thinking a man that couldn't swim and had never seen the ocean doesn't want people to know he can't swim, so he's like, the devil's in the water! (laughs) Don't you go in that water with the devil! Oh, God. I'm not going to correct you on where we are because I got that wrong in the last episode. (laughs) I was called to task on that, so you can find the spot yourself. Oh, thank you, Paul. I don't have my checklist like I did last time, mm-hmm. which really helped me stay on track. For now, I am lost. I think we're somewhere in verse 12, aren't we? Yeah. Of many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. Okay, I want to know more about this whore. I want some specifics. <laughs> I mean, what does she look like? How much does she charge an hour? You know, I'm interested in these things, but I don't think he's going to tell us. Where did she come from? Where did she go? Cotton eye ho. <laughs> <laughs> and it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth among all the nations of the Gentiles to fight against the lamb cutlet of God. Again, he's using women as being the evil ones here. He's not saying the father of abominations. Hmm. His first reference is to mothers. It's the mother of evil that's leading us away. It's almost as if he was a sexist dick. I think you might be onto something there, I Brother could, Paul. I could be. Okay. Yeah. Let's test this theory and read on. And it came to pass that I, Miffy, Miffy, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, and it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. Yes, that's what I want to be armed with. Put down your guns, pick up the righteousness of God. Yeah, yep, yep. What I love here is, he says, upon the covenant people of the Lord. Mm. Covenant people. What's a covenant, people? He means the Mormons. Oh, because I couldn't work out who he was talking. Was he talking about the Jews? He made a covenant with them too. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That was Old Testament, you know. Oh. The only part of the Old Testament that counts is that don't be gay thing. Everything else just doesn't matter. That's right. Joseph is the new Jew. New and improved. Jew version 2.0. It's the choice of a new Jew. (laughs) 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 
15. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon that great an abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars. Are oh, you shitting me? It's not like we haven't heard that before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's mentioned earlier on in this thing. Ah, oh, and in Isaiah. Yeah. Among all the nations and kindreds of the earth, and we know he loved Isaiah. He would have fucked Isaiah if they were both around at the same time. Well, stay tuned because in another chapter or two, him and Isaiah are going to get some funk on. <laughs> the wrath of God was poured. He's not consistent with these punishments and what the devil is and what he's doing and what God is and what he's doing. I mean, all of a sudden, the wrath of God is a liquid Mm. and he's just going to pour it down on us. Maybe it's his heavenly semen that he's just coming over everything that he doesn't like. Aggressive, really, isn't it? Oh, he's full of wrath and he's spraying it on all of us. Sex shouldn't be like a violent act like that that's full of hate, you know? (laughs) No, no, but yeah, look. Maybe he's into golden showers and that's what he's talking about. The wrath of God, he's just pissing it all over us. Oh, yeah. Oh, it could be that. We're like his golden bathtub. Okay. Hmm. Well, well, here's the fun part. You know how verse 15, which you just read, ended with saying wars and rumors of wars. Hmm. Now, for something completely different, let's get into verse 16. And there began to be wars and rumors of wars <laughs> among all the nations. He just fucking said that! Oh, no. <laughs> which belongs to the mother of abominations again because the mother has to be the bad one. The angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots, and behold, thou seest all these things. This is getting very far in brimstone. Ah, he's such a great preacher. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured upon the mother of harlots, okay, we're getting into the Bukaki thing again that we'll talk about last week, (laughs) which is great. An abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made unto his people who have the house of Israel. So again, Father good, Mother evil. Oh, yeah, I see what he did there. That's really clever. Mm. But this is a church for women, of course. Women are more than welcome in this church. It's all about them. They are equal. They're so revered. Yes, yes, absolutely. They have a special place. Yep. Chicks are totally cool in this church, apparently. And they must know their place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, That the, the verse 18 is just basically his two favorite phrases put into the one first. Yeah. He loves saying, and it came to pass, and he loves saying, look. And so he thought, I'm just going to make a verse just with those two phrases. I wonder when he was dreaming this up, if he just blocked in his mind how this would actually work, because the angel is saying, look, so much that he just seems retarded at this point. And I looked, and I beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. Oh, a white one. He loves the white robe. Yeah, yeah. And the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb cut. Behold, he shall see and write the remainder of these things, yea, and also many things which have been. Okay. And he shall also write concerning the end of the world. Ooh, end of the world. I wonder what new things about the end of the world we're going to learn about. Oh, I can't wait, Brother Paul. Oh, I'm hanging on with bated breath to find out about the end of the world. (laughs) Wherefore, the things which he shall write are just and true. And behold, 
They are written in the book which thou beheld proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew. And at the time they proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, or at the time the book proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure. Oh, so plain and pure. And completely fucking confusing. (laughs) (laughs) And most precious. Precious. And easy. Oh, he knows I'm easy. To the understanding of all men. Oh, what a crock. He's saying it's coming out of the mouth of the Jew, but it's written on paper. So does the Jewish guy like have a pen in his mouth and he's like trying to write? Like, (laughs) If it's written, it's not coming out of the mouth, it's coming from the hand. Exactly. And then he used the same phrase twice right after each other for no good reason. It's like, yeah, mouth of the Jew, mouth of the Jew, written down, mouth of the Jew. You don't write with your mouth, Joseph. In fact, he said mouth of the Jew, one, two, three. Three times, just in that one verse. But he said twice the whole phrase, which is... Proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew. Yeah. No, no, no. One was ing and one was ed. Exactly. Completely (laughs) different. One proceeded and one is proceeding. It's all about tense. Oh, God, it's making me tense. (laughs) Why did we agree to do this? Why? Oh, well, it needed to be mocked and nobody had done it yet. (laughs) Yeah, all right, all right. All right, right, well, come on. And behold the things which this apostle of the lamb cutler shall write are many things which thou hast seen, and behold the remainder shalt thou see, but the things which thou shalt see Hereafter thou shalt not write, for the Lord God hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God that he should write them. Full stop. Over to you. Well, that's just lazy there. I mean, that, that, that's like the ultimate cock tease. Yeah. <laughs> he said more. And I'm going to tell you more, but you're not going to write this down because somebody else is going to do it. That's right. Someone with nicer handwriting. It's almost as if he, he ran out of ideas and he's like, okay, okay, somebody else will do that and uh, we'll get back to something different. Yeah, I'm going to work out what that story is later. For now, I'm just going to focus on this part of the story. You know, Joseph's <laughs> there going, I've really got to go and bang that 14-year-old in the barn soon. I better wrap this up. <laughs> oh, dear. And also, who have been to them? Hath he shown all things? What? What? i got to reread. And also, others who have been to them, hath he shown all things? Oh, what the fuck? And they have written them, and they are sealed up to come forth in their purity according to the truth which is in the Lamb shop in their own due time of the Lord unto the house of Israel. Oh, my God. In the own due time of the Lord. Who says that? I'm going cross-eyed. Let's move on. I don't say I'm coming in the own due time of me. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And I, Niffy, <laughs> heard and bear record that the name of the apostle of the Lamb was John, according to the word of the angel. Ah, oh, John. We know John, the good maid of Jesus. <sighs> so again, Joseph here is pre-prophesying 
things that had happened by his time in the Bible. So he's trying to say that I don't need to write these things because John wrote these things, but John hasn't written them yet because I'm writing this before John. Yeah. Proof that he is a prophet right there, people. I, oh. I'm so sorry I questioned Joseph Smith clearly because of what he says here. Nephi predicted what John would say, although he didn't tell us what John would say. It makes so much logical sense now. He really is the prophet of God. Yeah. Oh, he is. He is. Nephi was there saying, John is going to write this stuff. Just read it from John. <laughs> and this is all before John happened. How else would Joseph Smith have known unless he had the writings of John there in the Bible right next to him? <laughs> anyway, and behold, I, Nephi, am forbidden that I should write the remainder of the things which I saw and heard. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw. Well, thank you, Nephi. <laughs> thank you for telling us this small part. Yeah, he's being so brief that he's telling us how brief he is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I bear record that I saw the things which my father saw, and the angel of the Lord did make them known unto me. And now I make an end of speaking concerning these things which I saw while I was carried away in the spirit. And if all the things which I saw are not written, these things I have written are true, and thus it is. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff I've written is true, God damn it. Oh, it's so true. And we're going to tell everyone how true it is instead of just focusing on the narrative that he's trying to be brief about. Yep, yep. Sock it to us, Nephi. Wow, that's a whole chapter. I reckon we could go chapter 15. I think we can. You ready? Chapter 15. Now, I want to note in the last verse of the last chapter, he said he made an end speaking concerning these things. And thus it is. Amen. So he is saying that that's it for talking about this vision. Yeah. So let's see whether or not in the next chapter he still talks about the goddamn vision. Oh, you know that he can't keep to that, hey? Yeah, yeah. So let, let's just see where he takes us now that he has officially said, that's it. I'm finishing talking about this spiritual journey I had. Where the angel just kept saying, look, 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 and it came to pass, look, <laughs> and it came to pass, look. <laughs> Women are bad, man, it's good. Mother, whore, harlot, <laughs> God good. All right, so First Nephi chapter 15. Yay! And it came to pass that I, Nephi, had been carried away in the spirit and seeing all these things, I returned to the tent of my father. So he sobered up after his trip and he's heading home. Yeah. I saw all of these things and now I've come back. Yeah. Why does he want to go and see his father? Oh, he loves his father, doesn't he? I don't know. He wants to go tell his father that he saw the exact same things that he saw. Yeah, so he can get a pat on the head. And it came to pass that I beheld my brethren, and they were disputing one with another concerning the things my father had spoken unto them. For he truly spake many great things unto them, which were hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord, and they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look unto the Lord as they ought. What? This is another case of him saying, I'm better than my brothers. Oh. They don't understand this gibberish my father sprouted from his dementia-riddled brain and they didn't pray to the Lord like me and they haven't had this really wonderful trip. Right. I didn't actually get that from that verse. I couldn't work out what he was saying. But, yeah, I see that now. Also, from here on in, if anybody happens to dabble in drugs, no judgment, you are to call your dealer your Lord. Oh, okay. And and when you go to school, you're going to say that you were carried away in the spirit. Right. You are not high. You're not doing drugs. You are being carried away in the spirit. 
considering I uh, take antidepressants and ADHD medication, I guess I get... You're carried away in the spirit? In fact, I'm carried away right now, Paul. Mm. Your chemist is the Lord and you are carried away in the spirit. Oh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) All right. And now I, Nephi, was grieved because of the hardness of their hearts and also because of the things which I had seen and knew they must unavoidably come to pass because of the great wickedness of the children of men. That sentence didn't make sense, but anyway. Mm. And it came to pass that I was overcome because of my afflictions. Afflictions? Mm. For I considered that mine afflictions were great above all because of the destruction of my people, for I had beheld their fall. So is he saying that because he's seen their fall, he feels afflicted like he has a heavy conscience or something? Here's the thing. He has been shown the future and what will happen to his descendants. And instead of saying to himself, the future hasn't happened yet, I can change it. He's just saying, I'm sad because of the future (laughs) and what my descendants are going to do. I'm afflicted. Uh, Imagine if Marty McFly said that, huh? Huh? Right? If you have the chance to change the future, you can. Yeah. Create a new time tangent. That's right, Doc. <laughs> the funny thing here is, too, if he's feeling down, he has clearly the means to remove that down feeling. He clearly knows about chemistry and drugs. He's sad because of his brothers. He's sad because his descendants are all going to die. And he won't do anything about it. And all who do about it is say, I feel sad about that. I feel sad. Oh, fucking idiot. (laughs) And it came to pass that after I had received strength, (laughs) okay, I don't know where that came from, I spake unto my brethren, desiring to know of them the cause of their disputation. And they said, Behold, we cannot understand the words which our father has spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree and also concerning the Gentiles. Hang on. Where is it mentioned an olive tree before now? Uh, it must have been something to do with the grafting in of the Gentiles. I get that. Did we talk about that? Did we cover that? We did briefly, yeah. Okay, all right. I think it was a couple of chapters ago, though. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah. And I said unto them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? And they said unto me, We have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. They're saying. Yeah. (laughs) They're saying, No, we don't hear voices like you do. We've been working. Hmm. (laughs) Behold, I said unto them, How is it that ye do not keep the commandments of the Lord? How is it that ye will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? Hmm. Bit hush, bit hush. Okay. They're not perished yet, are they? I mean... No, no, no. Spoiler alert right there. He's saying to his brothers, you're all going to fucking perish. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> People don't like to hear that. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, over to you. Do ye not remember the things which the Lord hath said? If ye will not harden your hearts and ask me in faith, believing that ye shall receive with diligence in keeping my commandments, surely these things shall be made known unto you. Surely. I feel like that's a quote from somewhere in the Old Testament. Surely these things will be made known unto you. And don't call me Shirley. (laughs) Surely these things will be plagiarized unto you. Behold, I say unto you that the house of Israel was compared unto an olive tree by the Spirit 
Spirit of the Lord, which was in our father. Oh, his spirit was in his father, all right? <laughs> is, that, is that what they call it these days? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how they <laughs> That's how the sun was made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proof that two men really can have a child. There you go. <laughs> Why are Christians not getting this? I don't know. I don't know. Especially Mormons. Yeah. You know, it's right there. Yeah. It's right there. Two men can have a child. <laughs> and behold, are we not broken off from the house of Israel? And are we not a branch of the house of Israel? Oh, God. Not really a branch. Maybe he's talking about God's member, which he broke off in there. (laughs) I'm going to bring us back from the sexual in your endos just for a second and be all serious. Okay. Thank you, Brother Paul. So you think about you have a tree, which is the metaphor we're using here. Right, an olive tree. He's saying that they are a branch, but they're just one small family. If you're looking at the house of Israel, the branches are large groups. Of Joseph, the people of Manasseh, the people of Ephraim. Mm. A small group of people is not big enough to be a branch. Ah. A twig, maybe. A frond. Or a leaf of the branch. <laughs> but not an entire branch. There's not enough of you. You only just left Israel like two weeks ago. <laughs> and nobody cares that they've gone either. They were quite happy to get rid of the crazy man. Yeah, I mean, nobody's even noticed they're gone yet. Delusions of grandeur. Mm. That's what we're looking at here. Sorry, carry on. And now the thing which our father meaneth concerning the grafting in of the natural branches through the fullness of the Gentiles is that in the latter days, oh, is this a premonition of their future name? Joseph Smith is about to make a future prediction to prove that his book is true. Wait for it. Wait for it. When our seed shall have dwindled in unbelief, yea, for the space of many years and many generations after the Messiah shall be manifested in body unto the children of men, then shall the fullness of the gospel of the Messiah come unto the Gentiles and from the Gentiles unto the remnant of our seed. There you go. The Book of Mormon is true because the Book of Mormon says that the Book of Mormon is true. Oh. Because what he's saying there, okay, the Gentiles he's referring to there are the people of America, Joseph Smith's people. So the Messiah will manifest this work to the Gentiles, Joseph Smith, and then he will introduce it from the Gentiles to the remnant of our seed being the Native Americans who are the remnants of Nephi and Laman and their seed. So that whole verse is pretty much as Joseph Smith saying, look, this dude 600 years before Christ is saying exactly what I'm doing now. (laughs) It's all in the book. And at that day shall the remnant of our seed know that they are of the house of Israel and that they are the covenant people of the Lord and then shall they know and come to the knowledge of their forefathers and also to the knowledge of the gospel of their Redeemer, capital R. Yeah, got to be capital R. Which was ministered unto their fathers by him. Wherefore, they shall come to the knowledge of their Redeemer, capital R, and the very points of his doctrine, that they may know how to come unto him and be saved. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. 
That was a boring verse, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, not much there. And then at that day, will they not rejoice and give praise unto their everlasting God, their rock, and their salvation? Yea, at that day, will they not receive the strength and nourishment from the true vine? Yea, will they not come unto the true fold of God? He's not consistent with his analogies, is he? No. He was talking about an olive tree, then he's onto a vine, and now he's onto folds. Why not be consistent here, Joey Jojo? Pick an analogy and stick with it. Don't go all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What tree are you going to use? Pick a tree and stick with it. We don't need to know that there's an olive tree and a vine and a fold. That's right. We don't need a fitted sheet. Like a dog, pick a tree and urinate on it. Yes! Jesus Christ, <laughs> boy. All right. And behold, I say unto you, yay. Yay. They shall be remembered again among the house of Israel. They shall be grafted in, being a natural branch of the olive tree in the true olive tree. And we're back on the olive trees. Why is it a natural branch? Why not just an ordinary branch? What's he getting at there? Are you an olive tree expert? Do you grow olive trees? Who are you to question this? Maybe he's saying natural because this particular branch are actual Jews in this mythology, whereas the other branch, which was the Gentiles, weren't Jews. So maybe they're an unnatural branch. And this branch is supposedly a natural branch. Now, I do remember hearing about this in, in seminary. You can take a branch off a separate olive tree and stick it onto a different olive tree and it will grow. So that's the grafting. So that's the analogy he is apparently using here, as well as mentioning vineyards and folds. <laughs> apparently what he's saying is the house of Israel is the olive tree and then these other branches will be grafted onto the olive tree when they are good. So the Gentiles and the Native Americans and whatever will be stuck onto God's great olive tree. Oh, so much gluing. And the problem is olives taste like shit. Oh, I love olives, Paul. I do. Uh, oh, well. I respect your opinion that they taste like shit. They're not for everyone. This this changes everything. <laughs> They're good in the martini, so let's, let, let, let's leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> and where was I? 17. And this is what our Father meaneth, for he meaneth that it will not come to pass until after they are scattered by the Gentiles, and he meaneth that it shall come by the way of the Gentiles, that the Lord may show his power unto the Gentiles for the very cause that he shall be rejected of the Jews or of the house of Israel. Now, is meaneth even a fucking word? That almost sounds like someone's name, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like a Disney character. The arch-villain meaneth. <laughs> I don't know if meaneth is ever used in any other literary works ever, but it just doesn't seem like a word. Future me will have to look that up when I'm editing. <laughs> and again, Joseph is here trying to sound like he was prophesying about himself thousands of years earlier because the Gentiles will bring the word back to the Jews, which is what he was basically saying, that that was his job, that was his mission. Mm. Wherefore, our Father have not spoken of our seed alone, but also of the house of Israel, pointing to the covenant which should be fulfilled in the latter days, which covenant the Lord made to our father Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed. Ah, oh, so blessed, Brother Paul. Haven't they just been so blessed by all yeah. of this horseshit? No, oh, yeah, oh. Uh, uh, and bringing Abraham into it. I mean, what did Abraham do to deserve this? Oh. And... It came to pass that 
I, Nephi, <laughs> spake much unto them concerning these things. Yea, I spake unto them concerning the restoration of the Jews in the latter days. Ooh, what could that mean? The Jews haven't been restored. What the fuck is he talking about? He talks about them like they're a saved game. The Jews haven't been restored to anything. They've always been there. The Jews have been there for millennia. What the fuck? <laughs> and I rehearse unto them the words of Isaiah. Oh, here we go. Who spake concerning the restoration of the Jews or of the house of Israel. And after they were restored, they should no more be confounded, neither should they be scattered again. And it came to pass. Ooh, he's saying that mid-verse, not just at the start of the verse. There's more than one sentence in a verse. Oh, oh, very clever. <laughs> oh, no. You got us there, Jojo. <laughs> and it came to us that I did speak many words unto my brethren that they were pacified and did humble themselves before the Lord. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and it came to pass that they did speak unto me again, saying, what meaneth this thing which our father saw in a dream? What meaneth the tree which he saw? And I said unto them, it was a representation of the tree of life. So now the tree of life is an olive tree? <laughs> this is a tree from that first. Yeah, no, 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 but that tree had white fruit. Oh. And didn't say anything about olives. Now he's on about olives. Oh. Oh, hang on. We're getting back to our old favourite, the iron rod now. Oh, yes, the rod. Yeah, the rod. Smitty never gets away from it too far. He's just really preoccupied with his own rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said unto me, what meaneth the rod of iron, which our father saw, that led to the tree? And I said unto them, that it was the word of God. And whoso would hearken unto the word of God, and would hold fast unto it, they would never perish, neither could the temptations and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness, to lead them away to destruction. Wow, that's colourful. Hmm. Fiery darts of the enemy. Wow, that's a new one, isn't it? I don't think that's written in the Bible anywhere. This is really just a word fruit salad at the moment. He's just throwing one of these different phrases and, and concepts and just let's just put them all in there and see how they go. He's also writing down what people have come to think about demonology and Satan and all of that, which is never written in the Bible. Ooh. Wherefore, I, Nephi, did exhort them to give heed unto the word of the Lord. Yea, I did exhort them with all the energies of my soul and with all the faculty which I possessed. Let's face it, his faculty wasn't that great. Yeah, I don't think his faculties are much to uh, brag about, quite frankly. <laughs> and they would give heed to the word of God and remember to keep his commandments always in all things. And they said unto me, What meaneth the river of water which our father saw? And I'm glad they said river of water because we have to know that the river is of water. It's not of milk, not a river of <laughs> molten lava. It's not a river of daffodils. It has to be a river of water, of course. Thank you for pointing that out. It could be a, a lake of cum. Well, yeah, yeah, well, see, that's why they specify. Yeah. So we need to know what we're dealing with exactly here, okay? It could be yeah. any type of river. Yeah but it's a river of water. So thank you. Thank you for letting you snuff. And I said unto them that the water which my father saw was sulfinous. Oh, so filthy. Oh, maybe it was a river of cum. And so much was his mind swallowed up in other things 
that he beheld not <laughs> the filthiness of the water. So is it spits or swallows? Let's decide. <laughs> Well, it's obviously spits because it's filthy water. It's not a dam. But his mind swallowed it up. Mm. And I said unto them that it was an awful gulf. That does sound like a really bad swallowing experience. Which separated the wicked from the tree of life and also from the saints of God. And I said unto them that it was a representation of that awful hell. Which the angel said unto me was prepared for the wicked. And I said unto them that our father also saw that the justice of God did divide the wicked from the righteous, and the brightness thereof was like unto the brightness of a flaming fire, which ascendeth up unto God forever and ever, and hath no end. The brightness ascendeth up unto God. Why does it go up unto God? Isn't hell usually the one on fire? Not heaven? I just think he doesn't know what he's saying. Do be tripping. Prophets be tripping, yo. Usually flaming fire is hell. But in this case, he's like saying there's a flaming fire going upward to God. And they said unto me, doth this thing mean the torment of the body in the days of probation? Or doth it mean the final state of the soul after the death of the temporal body? Or doth it speak of the things which are temporal? And doth anyone know what the fuck he's going on about? Temporal. Temporal. Don't tell me you don't know what temporal means. Oh, I know what temporal means. I've watched enough science fiction for that, Paul. There you go. Yeah, well, yes. don't you focus on the temporal things now, okay? <laughs> Avoid the temporal things. It's a temporal anomaly. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and it came to pass that I said unto them that it was a representation of things both temporal and spiritual. Oh. For the day should come that they must be judged of their works, yea, even the works which were done by the temporal body in their days of probation. Okay. A few chapters ago, he wrote about the tree of life and the iron rod, and he's reread his work and has realized that it made no fucking sense. <laughs> now he's trying to salvage it by trying to tell us what it means, but it's still not really quite hitting the mark, is it? No, not really. Mm. Wherefore, if they should die in their wickedness, they must be cast off also. Of course. As do the things which are spiritual, which are pertaining to righteousness. Wherefore, they must be brought to stand before God to be judged of their works. And if their works have been filthiness, oh, they must needs be filthy. Oh, I love filthy. They must needs be filthy. <laughs> Semicolon. And if they be filthy, it must needs be that they cannot dwell in the kingdom of God. If so, the kingdom of God must be filthy also. Oh, so filthy in the kingdom of God. He really did love to make up his own version of English, didn't he? Oh, it must needs be. It must <laughs> needs be. Really? But behold, I say unto you, Oh, not to thee, unto you, is it? Oh, okay. Mm. The kingdom of God is not filthy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not filthy, Paul. Damn it, I don't want to go now. Oh, I just ruined it for us. Oh, thanks a lot, Nephi. 
No harlots? Oh. If there's no harlots, whores and filthiness, what's the fucking point? It's not filthy and there cannot any unclean thing enter into the kingdom of God. Wherefore, there must needs be. There must needs be. A place of filthiness prepared for that which is filthy. <laughs> He's just invented the dirty clothes bin. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's the laundry basket. I must needs be preparing my laundry tomorrow to <laughs> wash in the divine washing machine. Okay. And there is a place prepared, yea, even that awful hell of which I have spoken. And the devil is the perpetrator of it. Wherefore, the final state of the souls of men is to dwell in the kingdom of God or to be cast out because of that justice of which I have spoken. Now, hang on a second. You use the word perpetrator in there. But go back over and look at how he spelt it. Oh, yeah. It's preparator. 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 Oh, that does mean something different. Wasn't that the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> I am the preparator. Preparated. <laughs> uh, preparator too, and it must needs be. <laughs> oh, I see a title. <laughs> It must needs be that I'll be back. <laughs> is that, again, is that a word that you've seen anywhere else? Preparator. I think it is a word, but yeah, that wouldn't get a lot of years. Let, let, let's check our friend Google. Preparator. Smooth preparator. I see preparatory. Preparator. A person who prepares a specimen as an animal for scientific examination or exhibition. There is no way Joseph Smith knew that. <laughs> he was definitely not scientific. One who prepares, specifically a person who prepares scientific specimens for using... Okay, so it is a real word, but again, I don't think Joseph Smith would have known the scientific reason for the word preparator somehow. No. I don't think he was ever in a museum putting specimens together. I kind of wonder if the arguably smarter Emma Smith might have snuck that one in there. Ooh, maybe, maybe. Now, I do apologise to any preparators that are listening because science is awesome and we appreciate the work you do. I just don't think Joseph Smith would have known what that word was. <laughs> he was not a smooth preparator. And again, in this context, the devil is the preparator of it. No, the devil was not collecting specimens for scientific research. He's just harvesting souls for his big jam in the sky. All preparators in museums deserve better than that, Joseph. They do not deserve to be dragged into your ship. We now have new reasons to hate Joseph Smith than just the obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you start touching on the science, Paul gets angry. Paul becomes the Hulk. You mother Gentile. You mother Gentile bastard. <laughs> All right, one more, one more verse in this chapter. Wherefore, the wicked are rejected from the righteous and also from that tree of life whose fruit is most precious and most desirable above all other fruits. Yea, and it is the greatest of all the gifts of God. Oh, so great. Oh, he, he's ending this chapter very strongly as well. We have another. And thus I spake unto my brethren. Amen. Now, Emma, stop writing. I have to go to the toilet. Yes. <laughs> he was probably holding on for the past couple of verses and then he just had to get Man. up and go. So there's, there's two chapters in a row where he tried to get kind of really authoritative. You know, he's like, Amen. Do you want to do 16 or do you want to give it a miss? Oh, I don't know. Do you have the strength? I can do one more. All right, all right, all right. Let, let, let's do one more because some funny stuff happens in, in, in this one. All right. 
Okay, brothers and sisters, we're going to take a quick break from our show to bring you a message from our sponsor this week. Hey, Dad, can we have a daddy-daughter night this week? I'd love to, sweetie. Let me have a look at my schedule. Monday, we're family home evening. Tuesday, I have to be at Young Men's. Wednesday is ward council meeting. Thursday is temple recommend interviews. Friday, I'm chaperoning at the steak dance. Saturday night, we have that potluck dinner. And Sunday is Sunday. Oh, I'm so busy with church stuff. But Dad, you never spend time with me anymore. Tell you what, I'm giving a talk in church on Sunday. If Bishop says it's okay, I'll let you sit on the stand next to me. Wow, you're the best dad ever. Give your family everything. Give them your time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And now it came to pass. <laughs> there you go, he's mixing things up. <laughs> So after I, Nephi, had made an end of speaking to my brethren, behold, they said unto me, Thou hast declared unto us things more than we are able to bear. In other words, they're head fucked. Oh, hang on, no, they're hard things. Oh, sorry, hard things. Oh. More than we are able to bear. Lubricants and things are always helpful for that sort of thing. He's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. And it came to pass that I said unto them that I knew that I had spoken hard things against the wicked. <laughs> According to the truth and the righteous have I justified and testified that they shall be lifted up at the last day. Wherefore, the guilty taketh the truth to be hard. <laughs> take it, take it, take it. For it cutteth them to the very center. Oh, Ooh, he's going medieval again. <laughs> that definitely does not sound consensual. Oh, this sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, take it hard and let it catch you in half. No. Oh, no, 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 Joseph, no. And now, my brethren, if ye were righteous and willing to hearken to the truth and give heed unto it, that ye may walk uprightly before God, then ye would not murmur because of the truth and say, Thou speakest hard things against us. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did exhort my brethren with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord, insomuch that I had joy and great hopes for them that they would walk in the paths of righteousness. Ah, oh, tell him he's dreaming. This guy is so fucking up himself. Now all these things were said and done as my father dwelt in a tent in the valley, which he called Lemuel. Yes, I believe we've established that. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass that I, Nettie, took one of the daughters of Ishmael to wife. It's a bit surprising you didn't already have a wife, Nettie. He must have been very, very horny. They kidnapped Ishmael and his family and took them with him. Yeah. So they didn't exactly have a lot of choice now, did they? There's four women, four young men. It doesn't say anything about asking them no. to be his wife. It doesn't say that there was a courtship. It just says, and I took one of the daughters to be my wife. Yeah, he stole one woman to rape. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I'm not hearing any romantic courtship there. No. And also, my brethren took of the daughters of Ishmael to wife. Oh, so it was a gangbang. Yeah. And also Zoram took the eldest daughter of Ishmael to wife. Zoram was that guy that followed him back from... Kind of unwillingly he came along. He wasn't really given much of a choice. But so Ishmael must have had five daughters then. So one for Zoram, one each for his four sons. And 
we're getting a lot of incest coming up from here on in because oh. these are the only people that are going to go to the promised land. So we're going to be getting a lot of cousin-on-cousin action for those of you who are into such things. I think that Ishmael just had enough daughters for whatever Joseph needed for the story. Yeah. I don't think he pre-thought this out at all. We'll have a daughter here and a daughter there. Just so coincidentally happened that the man they kidnapped and his family had just enough daughters for all of the men to take as a wife. Oh, dear. Yes. And thus my father had fulfilled all the commandments of the Lord, which had been given unto him. And also I, Nephi, had been blessed of the Lord exceedingly. That's his way of saying my wife is hot. Yeah. (laughs) We took all these wives. I've been blessed exceedingly. Oh, check out my babe. Yeah. (laughs) She may not have consented, but uh, she's still hot, man. (laughs) And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord spoke unto my father by night. Well, of course, it's always in these weird dreams. (laughs) Yeah, after his meds have worn off. (laughs) Yeah. And commanded him that on the morrow he should take his journey into the wilderness. Aren't they already in the wilderness? Yeah, how much more wilderness can they get? (laughs) They're in a place where nobody knows exists. In the middle of nowhere next to some body of water. But no, no, they, they're going to go more wilderness, okay? It's not wilderness enough. That place looks pretty arid if you have a look at it on Google Maps. Beautifully arid, but it is arid. That is the wilderness. Oh, but remember, they took all those seeds and stuff with them, so they're fine. Oh, they can just plant it. Yeah. They'll just grow really easily. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They've taken hundreds and hundreds of kilos of seeds and grain. They're all good. They're fine. Oh. I misspoke. They're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ye of little faith, patience. How could you? <laughs> and it came to pass that as my father arose in the morning, oh, he arose all right, and went forth to the tent door, to his great astonishment, he beheld upon the ground a round ball of furious workmanship, and it was of fine brass, and within the ball were two spindles, and the one pointed the way whither we should go into the wilderness. Okay, is this like some divining rod ball thing? It's a compass. Oh. All right, we're up to you. Okay. And it came to pass. Believe it or not, it came to pass. I don't believe it. Yeah, I was just counting. There were seven consecutive verses here that started with, and it came to pass. Oh, my God. (laughs) This chapter is all, and it came to pass. It's like, (laughs) ah, Jesus. Okay. And it came to pass that we did gather together whatsoever things we should carry into the wilderness and the remainder of our provisions which the Lord had given us and we did take seed of every kind that we might carry into the wilderness. See, they've got the seed still. We talked about that. What are these provisions that the Lord hath given them? They've got the massive trailer hooked onto the back of the camel (laughs) with all of the tons of of food and stuff that they need. They're fine. (laughs) Nephi, get me the ute. Yeah. <laughs> and, and guess what happens next? And it came to pass. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that coming. That we did take our tents and depart into the wilderness across the river Laman. And it came to pass that we travelled for the space of four days. Mm. Nearly a south, southeast direction. And we did pitch our tents again. And we did call the name of the place Shazar. Shazar. Shazer. Sharon. It's Shazza. 
It's Shazza with the ute. They're hanging out with Shazza and the ute with all the grain and shit. Bring me a tinny love. And it came to pass, because why not, that we did take our bows and our arrows and to go forth into the wilderness to slay food. Slay. For our families, and after we had slain food for our families, we did return again to our families in the wilderness to the place of Shazza, and we did go forth again in the wilderness following the same direction, keeping in the most fertile parts of the wilderness, which were in the borders of the Red Sea. And it came to pass that we did travel for the space of many days, slaying food by the way with our bows and our arrows and our stones and our sling. Fair enough, I can handle they went looking for food, but it says they went for days. <sighs> what animals could they have been hunting? It's not like there was wild game out that way. Where are these fertile parts of the wilderness? It all just looks like desert to me. You know, that whole Middle Eastern region is not known for wildlife. And, you know, Joseph Smith, of course, is in America where, the, you know, there was deer, there was rabbits, there was ducks, <laughs> there was, you know, lots of things that they could kill to eat. Not so much in the Middle Eastern desert. I'm sorry. What the fuck were they killing to eat? Yeah, maybe they were fishing. No, 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 no. Look, is there bows and arrows and they're wandering on the land. True. Very true. You don't fish with bows, arrows and slings. And again, even if they did find wild game, how are they carrying all of these wild animals back? These are heavy things. And their seeds and everything else they got to carry. It's almost as if Joseph Smith had never been to this region and didn't know what animals existed. Did they have any animals that were helping them move? Because he hasn't even mentioned that. No, well, like we said, they would have needed to have camels in order to do these journeys that they're talking about. But, yeah, that doesn't mention at any time that they had any other animals. Because this is a big operation at this point. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a lot of food, a lot of grain. You know, there's no way that four or five blokes could have been carrying all this shit themselves. They would have been like, you know, the sex would have been more fun if we'd stayed in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was plenty of food in Jerusalem. And... We did follow the directions of the ball, which led us in the, that's the compass for you at home, yeah, which yeah. led us in the more fertile parts of the wilderness. Oh, it was a clever ball. Mm, balls do tend to lead you to fertile parts. Oh, they do. Straight for it. Yeah. And after we travelled for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents for the space of a time that we might again rest ourselves and obtain food for our families. And it came to pass that as I, Nephi, went forth to slay food, behold, I did break my bow, which was made of fine steel. And after I did break my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me because of the loss of my bow, for we did obtain no food. What, he was the only one with a weapon? Yeah, and didn't they traditionally make bows out of wood? Yeah, and it says earlier that he mentioned slaying with bows and our arrows and stones and our slings. So he's mentioned plural form of weaponry here. Yeah, you've got options. It all of a sudden, his bow made of steel, which didn't exist at the time, somehow broke. And now they're angry because they can't get food. They've all got other weapons. Grab your sling. I will research this to be sure, but I'm pretty certain that steel bows were not a thing in 600 BC. I look forward to your research on that. You might as well said it was made out of carbon fibre. 
And it came to pass that we did return without food to our families. Yes, you just said that, Joseph. And being much fatigued because of their journeying, they did have a cup of coffee. No, they did suffer much for the want of food. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. In verse 15, it says that they went many days slaying food by the way with their bows and arrows and stones. <laughs> they have been slaying food, following the ball. One bow breaks. And the cradle will fall. And suddenly they're going back with no food. Where did the food go that they had already killed? <laughs> And where are the other bows and arrows and slings that they had before to kill the animals before Nephi broke his? I think they disappeared into Joseph's hat. Yeah, well, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I'm sorry I'm picking fault with this thing. How dare I point out plot holes? <laughs> what, what was I thinking? Well, someone's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael did begin to murmur exceedingly. Of course they did. Can't even shoot straight. Yeah. Can't even make a bow that doesn't break out of material that we don't have access to yet. You give him carbon fibre and what does he do with it? Yeah. Next they'll be complaining this car broke down. <laughs> Shazza and a you. Bring up the jumper lead. Shazza's you just gone again. Oh, God. Who the fuck was I up to? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in verse 20, I think. They begin to murmur exceedingly because of their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness. And also my father began to murmur against the Lord his God. Even Lehi is murmuring now. Oh, man. Nephi, who is telling this story, is now literally the, the only good one that is not murmuring. Oh, oh Nephi. Nephi. Everybody hates him. How did you get through this, Nephi, with everybody else, even your delusional father, starting to murmur? Oh, it must have been such a tough time. <laughs> Yay, and they were all exceedingly sorrowful, even that they did murmur against the Lord. Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, having been afflicted with my brethren because of loss of my bow, and their bows having lost their springs, it began to be exceedingly difficult, yea, insomuch that we could obtain no food. See, he mentions there that the other bows had problems, so he does mention the other weapons there. Yeah, yeah, he waited a little while before bringing that up, though. And also, where's the food gone that they killed earlier? Exactly, yeah. Doesn't say that they ate that yet. And what about the slings? Yeah, and the slings and the stones and bows with bad springs can be repaired. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did speak much unto my brethren because they had hardened their hearts again, even unto complaining against the Lord their God. How dare they? And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make out of wood a bow and out of a straight stick an arrow. Wherefore, I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow and a sling and with stones. And I said unto my father, Whither shall I go to obtain food? And it came to pass that my father did inquire of the Lord, for they had humbled themselves because of my words. For I did say many things unto them in the energy of my soul. So the energy of my soul. Oh, he's such a good egg. He's always telling his family what to do and how to behave. Out of the energy of his soul. I know. I know. He had such a hard time, didn't he? And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father, and he was truly chastened because of his murmurings against the Lord, insomuch that he was brought it down into the depths of sorrow. <laughs>
And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord said unto him, Look upon the ball, and behold the things which are written. And it came to pass that when my father beheld the things which were written upon the ball, he did fear and tremble exceedingly. For he was very old, no. <laughs> yeah, probably had Parkinson's by this stage. He might have, poor fellow. Mm. He did fear and tremble exceedingly. And also my brethren and the sons of Ishmael and our wives. Oh, they just wanted to get away from me. Can't blame him. Nephi sounds like a total killjoy, like, you know, ruins every party. He's such a tosspot. Yeah. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the pointers, oh, I bet he did, which were in the ball, that they did work according to the faith and diligence and heed which we did give unto them. So what he's saying, while everyone believes the pointing works, mm-hmm. it's like magical thinking. As long as you have magical thinking. Yeah, as long as you believe it will work. Magical thinking sucks. It only works if you believe it works. And there was also written upon them a new writing, which was plain to be read, oh, so plain, which did give us understanding concerning the ways of the Lord, semen colon. And it was written and changed from time to time. It's like a magic eight ball. (laughs) Take the eight ball. Will the Book of Mormon make sense tonight when we read it? Outlook not good. According to the faith and diligence which we gave unto it, and thus we see that by small means the Lord can bring about great things. That's what she said. That's not the size that matters. Yeah. It's how the Lord has blessed it that matters, everybody. <laughs> Quote Joseph Smith. <laughs> oh, boy. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did go forth up into the top of the mountain. Not on top of the mountain, but into the top into of the, the top. mountain, according mm. to the directions which were given upon the ball. Because we often go into the mountaintop, not onto oh. All the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it came to pass that I did slay wild beasts. Oh, such a man. Insomuch that I did obtain food for our families. He's done it all himself. Oh. Doesn't need his brothers to help him. He's got this because he's all man. What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. What a mighty good man. And it came to pass that I did return to our tents, bearing the beasts which I had slain. And now when they beheld that I obtained food, how great was their joy. And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord and give thanks unto him. Really? Nephi killed the animals. Did they say thank you to him? Uh, Nephi doesn't need any more thanks. No, he just wants them to thank the Lord for them. That's all he wants because he's a good egg. (laughs) And it came to pass that we did again take our journey traveling nearly the same course as in the beginning. And after we had traveled for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents again that we might tarry for the space of a time. And it came to pass that Ishmael died. (laughs) Well, that was kind of sudden. (laughs) And was buried in a place which was called Nahom or Nahom. So long, fucker. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't even give him a nice obituary or anything. He's just like, yeah, the dude died. And it came to pass that the daughters of Ishmael did mourn exceedingly because of the loss of their father. Understandable. And because of their afflictions in the wilderness, they did murmur against my father because he brought them out of the land of Jerusalem, saying, our father is 
dead. Yay. And we have wandered much in the wilderness and we have suffered much affliction, hunger, thirst and fatigue. And after all these sufferings, we must perish in the wilderness with hunger. And thus they did murmur against my father and also against me. <laughs> oh, no, not Nephi too. He just bought them food. <laughs> and they were desirous to return again to Jerusalem. Well, that does sound like a good plan, doesn't it? Yeah, Let's yeah. get back to Jerusalem. That's the most solid plan anybody's come up with so far. <laughs> Pretty much. And Laman said unto Lemuel, and also unto the sons of Ishmael, Behold, let us slay our father <laughs> and also our brother Nephi, who has taken it upon him to be our ruler and our teacher, who are his elder brethren. Now, he says that the Lord has talked with him, and also that angels have ministered unto him. But behold, we know that he lies unto us, and he tells us these things, and he worketh many things by his cunning arts. Oh, sounds a little bit like Joseph Smith, doesn't it? Oh, Mr. Little. That he may deceive our eyes, thinking perhaps that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness. And after he has led us away, he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. Oh, so much pleasure. Mm, they're into some kink stuff here. <laughs> and after this manner did my brother Layman stir up their hearts to anger. You might notice also that verse had more than one sentence. Yes. In fact, it had more than two. Whoa! Whoa! What is going on? Anything goes in chapter 16. It's just letting it all hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no rules in chapter 16. Come on. And it came to pass that the Lord was with us. Yea, even the voice of the Lord came and did speak many words unto them and did chasten them exceedingly. Ooh, not just a little. So God just had some nasty words mm. with them. So for the first time in this whole thing, the Lord has finally decided to say something. You know, it would have been easier if right at the start, the Lord spoke to them all himself and said, hey, I want you guys to do this. But no, he waited until now to finally say, oh, yep, guys, it's me. Do what I say. The Lord loves to make things more complicated for himself. We're like a reality TV show. He's just sitting back just like, let's see what happens with this week's challenge. Who can we eliminate today? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> And it came to pass that the Lord was with us, yea, even the voice of the Lord came and did speak many words unto them. And did, oh, I read all this. No, I didn't. Exceedingly, and they were chastened by the voice of the Lord. They did turn away their anger and did repent of their sins, insomuch the Lord did bless us again with food that we did not perish. I was expecting there to be a whole coup that he was leading up to. No, no, because the Lord finally decided that it was time to say something. Uh, Big Brother was watching. And it just says that the voice of the Lord came and did speak many words unto them. How did that happen? Like, did a set of lips drop out of the sky and just start talking to them? Before now, they've been very specific about how the Lord spoke to them. This time, he's like, yeah, the Lord spoke. Wasn't in a dream, wasn't in this Leahona thing. It was, yeah, he said some shit. It's so wacky. You want the really good news? Looking at chapter 17, we have got like 55 verses to get through oh. in one fucking chapter next week. Oh. 
And this is where things get really cray-cray because we are going to be building boats next week, people. I'm excited, Paul. Let's build a boat. Do you fancy yourself as a nautical person? Oh, maybe. I could live on a houseboat. That's about the extent of it. I like to tickle the little man in the boat. Is that what they're calling it? I've never heard that before. Um, yeah, okay. I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners will get that reference. Tickle the little man in the boat. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the clitoris. Anyway. Oh, oh yeah. That makes sense. That'd be the little... <laughs> but anyways... Um, I'm good with anatomy. Anyways, reflecting back, we've read three incredibly long, incredibly just insane chapters. Have you learned anything? Uh, just that Joseph Smith's fucking fucked. <laughs> <laughs> there really is no other way to sum it up, is there? He's just so fucked up. <laughs> I just wish um, no one had listened to him. <laughs> we pointed out there were so many contradictions, even within like a couple of paragraphs of each other. I know. We killed lots of animals. Oh, no, we have no animals. Ah, we broke a bow. Okay, now I'm going to kill lots of people with a bow. It's like, hang on. <laughs> Where's me sling? Yeah. <laughs> we killed animals. They disappeared. My bow broke. I can't kill anymore. Oh, no, we have no food. Oh, here's food. Where did my carbon fiber bow come from? Yeah. <laughs> Here, let's make something out of steel. What's steel? I don't know. It doesn't exist yet, but let's make it anyway. It'll be interesting to see how his lies just get harder and harder for him to weasel out of as the story gets longer. It's always the Lord did it. Oh, of course. The basic fail-safe for any religion when things get confusing is you say, oh, God's will, mysterious ways. That's it. But I guess yeah. with the um, Abrahamic religions before mm. this, they kind so, of refined their dogma on it all a bit. Yeah. But see, the Book of Mormon is the word of God. You cannot question God, so you cannot question the Book of Mormon. Case closed. I can see why somebody made it musical of this because it needs to be just mocked. Uh, I love that musical. That was so funny. I can't wait to see it one day. <laughs> anyway, we've had a pretty epic night. We've covered, well, what was that, three chapters? We, we, this, this is good progress. We've done well tonight. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done that much before. We have not. We have not. And for those of you playing at home, thank you for staying with us on this journey, although I'm sure most people probably zoned out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. It's Joseph Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're dedicated to reading it and analysing it, but if we were just listening, we probably would have zoned out just a couple of verses in as well. So we're cool. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. This is a public service that we are doing here. <laughs> Hopefully, with it just being the two of us reading this week, said it shouldn't be too bad for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we've made it easy for you. Yeah. Um, anything to add before we wrap it up for the week, Sister Patience? Anything you want to say to our lovely people at home to wake them up again? Yeah, join our Patreon. It's super cheap and you get extra content that isn't in the main feed that will hopefully make you laugh and keep you interested. Exactly. And again, if you are experiencing any hardness of your heart or burnings in your bosom, please see a qualified medical professional because that's not yes. hardening of hearts and burning in bosoms. Yes, yes, yeah. Any hardening of the arteries. Yeah. Definitely seek out medical advice if you're mm. experiencing or burning in the any loins. of those things. Yeah, yeah, burning in the loins, definitely, and maybe look back at the last couple of people you've been with and ask some questions. Yeah, I'm good, Paul. Wrap it up. <laughs>
All right, let's wrap this thing up. Let's try to get some sleep and get ourselves ready for next week's epic 55-verse lesson in boat building. I I have some prepared stuff for next week, so it's going to be a very well-informed oh. discussion along with talking about oh, all things boating. So be ready for that. Ooh. I'm not just going to be off the cuff next week. I'm going to be ready to roll, okay? Oh. So with that <laughs> prophecy in place, I prophesy that it must needs be that it will shall come to pass that patience and I shall both need rest after this reading of the Holy Scripture. So it must needs be that you should all tune in next week to hear more of this wonderful book, the Book of Boredom. <laughs> Thank you all and talk to you all then in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mother Gentiles. Amen. There we go. Amen.